Right, um, we're on. Any interesting stories this week? <laughs> you know. Have you been out lately, Dave? <laughs> <laughs> Let's just start the show, thanks. <laughs> And welcome to Watch It If You Can. My name is Liam. My name is Dave. This podcast is all about box sets we've created of our favourite films and TV shows. Some you've seen, some you won't, and others you may never want to watch. However, we can say if you've never seen Banshees of Inisherin, then I don't want to be your friend anymore. All we want to do is chat on about these films and TV shows we love and maybe, just maybe, watch it if you can. Dave. Liam. You are in the hot seat. What film or TV show do you bring to the podcast? So I probably should have done this first, really, because um, it is my favourite film. I've done LA Confidential as my choice for this week. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> so it's from uh, 1997. It's directed, produced and written by Curtis Hansen. Um, it also strangely directed 8 Mile, which you wouldn't, you wouldn't put together with this film. But um, he did sadly pass away. Um, in 2016, um, he was 71 years old. Um, it's based on a James Elroy book of the same name, which came out in 1990. Um, it's set in 1953. It's basically based around these multiple characters, and we're going to talk about who's in it as we go along. But it's a story about sort of police corruption, um, you know, Hollywood scandal. Um, it did make 126 million from a 35 million budget and it did win uh, two academy awards as well Liam. why is it the choice you brought today so i've got a mix of like four or five films but i can never put them in order of like yeah. my top films. do you know it's what when people ask you this your moods change you like exactly. I, I can do like i could give you top 20 albums mm-hmm. but they will continually rotate some days it's different but with this, I do always say this is my favourite film, though. It so everything good. around it kind of gets moved and bumped. And as you said, I'll, I'll watch something and think, that's my second favourite film. But this yeah. will always be my number one. So, again, you know, it, it came out in 1997. So we've, we have talked about this on the podcast before. The very little trailers in them days. Yeah. You know, no YouTube. Certainly, to just go on and watch. Huge. There's no internet. Um, Ninety-seven internet. Did we? We didn't even have internet back then. I think it was internet was invented, but it didn't. wasn't a, wasn't no. in our world at that point. It'd have been dial-up, wouldn't it? And it would have been. And to be honest with you, I don't think we even had computers. We certainly, apart from our snares. No, we did have IT in school, didn't we? Remember? Yeah, but it was like it one was... computer to thirty kids. Yeah, and all we ever and did. I don't was... even think it was connected to the internet. I think you're right. It was just. No. All I ever remember doing IT in school was the the paint. Microsoft Paint. Oh, yeah, yeah. And that was it. Yeah. Anyway, we digress. (laughs) (laughs) But I think my point was that it's one of those films, again, where you go in, you've probably only seen a poster, um, you know, nothing about it. And I I just love this film. The main cast, they were pretty much unknown, I'd say, at the time. Is that fair to say? But the majority of the the main... Cast we're going to talk apart about from, anyway. Apart from Spacey, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and Basinger, obviously, and, and but but yeah. Unless you're a fan of Neighbours, which again we'll talk yes. about. Um, I just I just love a, a good crime film, and you know, read this is described as neo noir. So film noir, you know, it's French saying translates to black film, meaning kind of sinister stories, shadowy style. And neo-noir, which I've only sort of learned this phrase, it's similar, but it means it's got more updated themes, updated style and more visual elements. That's interesting well. because a couple of points I've done of why I like it is it's three protagonists for a start, which is quite interesting. And I think 
that can only come from when the original source material was a novel because it's that yes. complex interwined and thing and and obviously it shares the themes of all classic noir films do you know what I mean and and especially this one this one's all about honour and then you've got these three characters who are going on this journey of honour but at all at different points and they're rotating and they all have so cleverly done like you say to to strip it from a novel I mean for me it's everything I want in a movie anyway you know you've got you've got great characters like you just said the the acting's brilliant isn't it the story's complex it's amazing um but not too complex that you have no idea what's no, going on. No, no, it's it just is. it unravels, doesn't it? You know, the, the way but, a murder mystery should. But the point you just made there about like it's 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 noir but not classic noir because one of the things I was reading is and it's obvious because one of the most classic th- things when you watch a noir film is it's very very it's lit in a very stylized way with like shadows and yeah and um Curtis Hansen was said from the offset he didn't want that in his film he wanted it was filmed in a very contemporary feel and it is and as soon as you've said that it's like yeah it is it's it's it, it borrows a lot from classic noir but it's still yeah I think certainly scenes like you know we're going to talk about who's in it and Kim Bass yeah certainly scenes with her I think are filmed yeah in that classical way aren't they um and Mabel mentioned it, I mean, the, the costumes as well. I just love all those suits from the 1950s. Yeah. The, I love the, the cars, the, the music, the, cars, the, the bars. It's the, the police cars as oh, well. Yes. I think those, like, 1950s police cars are just, like, uh, these American police cars, yeah, obviously. Yeah, yeah. You know, I think it was just probably a bicycle, wasn't it? Um, I love how they talk. I yeah. love the lingo. Yeah. Um, it just ticks all the boxes for me. Um, but the one thing is, it has got characters that you just shouldn't like. And I know you do by the end, but, well, maybe not all of them, but you do by the end, but it's just that element of, like, you know, all the characters are brilliant, all the acting's brilliant, mm. but then you watch and you, and you think back and you go, did I like any of them well, at all? You um, know, have they got any kind of... So that leads nicely into, so, out of the characters you didn't originally like, who actually plays them in, in this film, Dave? So, Russell Crowe is one of the main... Um, cast obviously Oscar winner for Gladiator, um, you know, nominated for The Insider and A Beautiful Mind. Um, most recently, you've probably seen him as Zeus, yeah, um, in For Love and Thunder. And he did play a, a character called Kenny Larkin in four episodes of Neighbours. He did, yes. Um, but the recommendation I've gone with for Russell Crowe is uh, because, only because it's very similar to this The Nice Guys. Yeah, um, it, it's funny because I was reading, obviously reading today, the two roles he's absolutely loved playing was was he played Bud White and the character in the Nice Guys. He did the two guys he would love to go back and revisit, and he does. It, Russell says he's not big on going back and revisiting right, characters, but, but yeah, I was so I was like, um, the one I, I've got down here, I love him in American Gangster with Denzel Washington because he it's a great he, film, yeah. Isn't it? Um, Playing the good guy that time. Was there another bigger film star than Russell Crowe around in that period? In that period, no. No, Not on the the back of, like, you know, like, say, Gladiator Inside, A Beautiful Mind. Yeah. Three of, like, the big kind of Oscar-nominated films. Um, Just come back to Nice Guys, though. Um, If You know, if you haven't seen it, it's got Ryan Gosling in, but also Kim Bassinger's in it as well. Uh, so kind of reunites them. Mm. Um, she is in this movie. And we'll we'll talk about her. Um, it's directed by Shane Black, so it's always worth checking out. Um, so yeah, Russell Crowe is Bud White. Ed Exley is played by Guy Pearce. So he was in Neighbours. He was in Neighbours for quite a long time. So and he, I didn't know he was in Home. home, home. He was. So and he, I didn't. He know was that. in uh, Neighbours for four hundred and fifty-eight episodes, including the, as Mike Young. And he popped up again in the in the last episode. He did. Yeah, I don't know if that includes in, that in twenty twenty two. Yeah. yeah. Um, but he was in Home and Away. He had a bit of a twisted story in Home Away. I don't I, really remember. I don't. Him, even, I remember him as Mike because that was the era of Neighbours for us. It was. So I I don't remember being in it, but I did read the character he played was twenty six. I was going out with a girl that was sixteen, Ooh. so it caused obviously a bit of, mm. you know, tension in the. Um, I'm trying to think where Homeway was set. Summer Bay was it? Summer Summer Bay? Something like that, wasn't it? It's cl- yeah, I think it was. It's been so, so, so long. Yeah. But apparently his character dies in a car crash and then the girl 
finds out she's pregnant. Oh, that's so that was his soap opera story at home and away. So, um, but he was in he was in Neighbours for years, and like I say, Russell Crowe popped up in that. Uh, probably famous for Priscilla Queen of the Desert. Mm. Um, he was recently, if you haven't seen it, in Mervy's Town. No, with Kate Winslet. Kate Winslet, no. really good series. He was in. Um, he's been in a Marvel movie. He was in Iron Man Three. Um, definitely films worth checking checking out is uh, Hate Locker. I haven't actually seen Hairlocker yet. Hairlocker's brilliant. Uh, that's him and Jeremy Renner. Did, he's in King's Speech as well. Yes, he's, yeah, he plays the the king who abdicates. I think he's Edward. Is it Edward? I don't know. I know he's... Yeah, yeah. He's, yeah. Um, but my recommendation, if you haven't seen it, and you should have seen it by now, but it's Memento. Yeah. Uh, directed by Christopher Nolan. Um, I think that's probably Guy Pearce's... It's well, best I was performed. going to say his best performance because he's so good in this, but Memento probably. I mean, he's probably the one. If you're just picking out a solo yeah. film where he's well, the lead, it's it's definitely Memento. The one I wrote down here is just to add in Lawless, only because it had a great cast as well. He's pretty. Was that is that Nick Cave? Did he write that? Am I might get that mixed up with something I else. I don't know. We might have to check that one. I'll out. check. I'll come back to that one. Yeah. Um, also then in this is Jack Vincennes is Kevin Spacey. Um Are we are we gonna go on to the controversy or are we, are we well, gonna we'll just do the films first? Yeah. Because <laughs> I feel like it's <laughs> becoming a reoccurring thing. Yeah, we're having things, we're having people, directors, writers, mm. actors where you cannot just yeah. ignore and it'd almost be rude to yeah. ignore, I think. So Let's talk about his movies first. Please. He's a two-time Oscar winner. Yeah. One for Usual Suspects. He won for American Beauty. Uh, House of Cards probably is the thing a lot of people know him for now because it was obviously huge on Netflix. Yeah. Um, Seven, you know, with Brad Pitt and Morgan Freeman was a huge film. Um, he's Hopper in A Bug's Life. Yes. The recommendation, though, I'm just going with this purely because it's just a great kind of action movie Um I don't think it was a massive hit, but 1988 with Samuel Jackson, The Negotiator. Oh, and that's, that's been just a while an since you've seen that movie. one. Yeah. yeah. Um, did you have a recommendation? I love him in Horrible Bosses, just yeah, because he he's plays. Really he's good. he's awful. It's in his, and he just plays, and it's it's a great film, Horrible Bosses, and the second one's good film as well. Yeah. Yeah. So. Kevin Spacey, great actor, obviously got a lot going on mm. in his personal life. So I think that's all we we need to say at the time yeah. of recording. Yeah. yeah. Um, one of the main characters in this, um, Kim Bassinger, who won the Best Supporting Actress. Bassinger or Basinger? Oh, good shout. We're awful with these pronunciations. No, no, but I know I've heard people use both as well. Yeah. I, I think it's Basinger. I think you're right. I think it's Basinger. I don't know. I'd, I'd always Basinger. say Basinger. But I, I it's have... It is double S, like a base. Um, what but... awful. We need to practice on these pronunciations, don't we, beforehand. So, Kim. What, we did this with Ben Winchell last week. <laughs> yeah. We had to call him Ben because we just, kept getting the same name. Just Ben. Him. Here. I think it's Basinger, isn't it? Basinger. Basinger. And like I said, I've heard both, so yeah. don't think we're wrong. I've, I've... No. This isn't film radio. We're sorry, listener. <laughs> um, she won the Best Supporting Actress at uh, the Oscars for a role in this. Um, she was a Bond girl in Never Say Never Again. Which I was forgot kind of, about that, yeah. Because that was kind of the off-Bond movie, wasn't it? It's not part of the, you know, the what the class is like, the one above us. The canon. One. Yeah, the canon type of ones. Yeah. Um, so I think that gets sort of forgotten about. Um, I think I've probably seen it maybe in... Blind Date with Bruce Willis. Oh, yes. That was one of the early films. She's obviously really famous for Nine and a Half Weeks uh, with Mickey Rourke. Um, but she was uh, Vicky Vale in Batman, hmm. um, which, again, was probably one of the other movies I kind of knew her from at, the, at that kind of time in the sort of late 80s. Uh, but the recommendation I've got is um, The Sentinel. You ever seen that? Don't it's with f- Kiefer Sutherland and Michael Douglas. It's only from two thousand six, but it's no, uh, it's like a thriller, basically. Um, it's definitely worth a watch. Oh, I'll take I that one too out. Much yeah, about yeah. It. yeah, it's it's just like your standard sort of thriller, but it's really good. She's in it. See, I've always got um, 
and normally I, my go-to is generally comedies, but I think she's fantastic in Wayne's World too. She, she plays Garth's. Yeah, so I don't really remember. I know she plays Garth's girlfriend, but yeah. I don't remember Wayne's World too that that much. Um, yeah. Definitely to go back and revisit it. Because um, when we mentioned the other one, it's definitely better than the first one. A lot better. Yeah, I'm going to have to take your word for that. You get it, but just... the thing is, now you're going to have to go back and watch Wayne's World and then Wayne's World 2. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> um, Danny DeVito's in this as well. Um, you know, you know him from kind of TV shows. Uh, it's always sunny in Philadelphia. If you're old like us, Taxi. Taxi, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Movie-wise, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. I love him in Twins. I think he's brilliant. Um, he's also been in a Batman movie as well. Yeah. He's the Penguin in Batman Returns. Um, call back to another kind of podcast we've done, which was Out of Sight. He was in apparently two episodes of the Cam and Cisco spin-off, which I only learned about when we were talking about Out of Sight, but Danny DeVito was uh, involved in that. But I've got two recommendations because I couldn't say one without the other. And these are probably his best performances for me. Hercules, the Disney cartoon. Oh, yes. He's amazing in Hercules, yeah. isn't he? And they're doing a live action remake of Hercules. And if they don't cast Danny DeVito, be interesting. Then don't even bother. Yeah. But the other one, and I love this film, and I haven't seen it for a while actually, but Throw Mama from the Train with him and Billy Crystal. Now, Have you ever seen it? Yeah, we, we had a little chat about this. When we, when we did our very first test podcast do you remember we did one of the questions was what's the worst film you've ever seen yeah and i said this one but it didn't mean this one I you meant, meant to say stop or my mom will shoot yeah and said because you were very yeah i love film from the train so if, if you haven't seen this and it's just like it's a film it's him and billy crystal and they both got kind of mums that they want to get rid of but danny devito gets the message wrong and thinks Billy Crystal wants him to kill his mum. And in return, if he does that, Billy Crystal will kill his mum. And it's just, it's, oh, it's just an amazing film. I'll have to go back and rewatch them. The one I it's would great. chuck in on the list is, and it's a lovely circle because it goes back to Taxi, but Man on the Moon, which is about Andy Kaufman. Yeah, which He's is really good in that. Um, it's a great film. Full, I mean, it's one of, best, one of Jim Carrey's best performances as well. I love Tanny Dewey, so... Um, Again, it's a huge cast, so we you know, we can't talk yeah. about absolutely everyone in it. We'll mention James Cromwell because he's excellent in it. He's an honor, he's a very honourable mention. His IMDb is massive. Yes. You will, you'll definitely recognise him from Babe. Yeah, you'll recognise him from Green Mile. Um, but at the moment, and and this is my recommendation, he's in probably the the best show on TV. He's Logan Boy's brother yeah. in Succession, isn't he? He's human boy. So James Cromwell. We definitely got we've got to mention him, but that's it now. We're not going to mention anyone else. He's, Apologies did, to anyone else who's in it. No, I know it's such a massive you, cast. The only thing I'd say about James Cromwell, and I would recommend it, the first time it came to my attention was Six Feet Under, which you've never seen. I've never seen Six Feet Under. No, it's great because the guy I think it was Alan Ball, the showrunner, then who created when did True Romance. It, yeah, it got a really good. Style. And it's Michael C. Hall who's the Dexter. Is he in six Yes, yeah, well? yeah, he, yeah, he's in it. Yeah, yeah, strange I haven't seen it. Um, just before we move on, though, just with those actors we spoke about, there's links to superhero movies there. So we've got kind of Russell Crowe and Kevin Spacey being in Superman movies. Mm-hmm. And then, obviously, Kim Bassinger, um, Danny DeVito being in Batman movies. And Guy Pearce was nearly Batman. I, he was yeah. under consideration because he'd obviously work with Christopher Nolan for Memento. Yeah. So I think... He must have been in his. Oh, he's been in Iron Man list. as well. Yeah, he's in Iron Man. Yeah, um, but there's definitely links to Batman and Superman um, across there, and I'm going to mention Batman in a minute as well. That's why I'm dropping it in now. <laughs> <laughs> so if so, that's who's there. Who's in it? Out of all them, who's your favourite character? And this is a tough one, fairly confidential. Yeah. Who's your best character? Do you know why it's tough though? Because of what I said before, though, there's a lot of reasons not to like any of the characters in the film. They're they, either corrupt, violent, or just untrustworthy. But I think it's what I said to you before, is all three of them go on a journey, but they're all at different stages. And it, it, So when you say three, you're talking about the, Russell Crowe, Guy Pearce and Kevin and Spacey. As, as the main three, yeah. aren't you? you know, cause that, we know Danny DeVito and Kebastian in it, they yeah. support, they are supporting... Uh, cast aren't they there you're kind of your main three but I still don't think any of them are really likeable 
I pick. I, I mean, overall, I've gone with Bud White, who is, you know, who Russell Crowe plays, only because I think in the film he's probably the character that's got the biggest arc. So we sort of find out, you know, his dad killed his mum, you know, he basically chained him to a radiator and beat his mum to death in front of him. Um, so, you know, later on we do see a man kind of beating his wife, don't we, in the house. Mm. And Russell Crowe kind of knocks on the door, drags him out and basically beats the shit out of him. So you sort of understand why, not that you want to condone the violence, but you know why, yeah, why he did it. There's, no, you know, you see, that's quite interesting because out of the three, I think... Bud White's character goes on the least changeable arc. I think he's quite consistent all the way through. You get to learn more about him. Yeah. Whereas I think Jackman Sense, Ken's Wasted character, goes on the bigger journey because he's a, he's a sleazeball cop to begin yeah. with. And, and then he sort of comes to realisation that he has to make amends. It's when the when he does the setup and the and the and the, the actor ends up yeah. getting killed. That's, he realizes. So he can. And what was quite interesting is I was reading some of the facts about it. Because you got you get paid five fifty dollars to do the setup, didn't you? Yeah. The, the roughly way that that's worth five hundred quid in today's money. So it's not like it's not like change. So when he left the five hundred to fifty dollar note at the bar because he couldn't take it. Yeah. I think that takes on a bit more significance at <laughs> when you realise how much that money yeah. is worth. But then also, I think Ed Exley, his story arc is quite considerable as well because yes, he's honourable, but he's also careerist, isn't he? So he he, he, uses... oh, he will step over people, won't he? And he does, doesn't he? No, he is yeah. like you know. So this is where he's saying they're all they're all unlikable. But how many times have we said flawed characters make better yeah, TV but I and think, films? I think what happens with particularly with Bud White is James Cromwell's character he's a bit of a father figure to him, isn't he? And we know obviously yeah. Bud White doesn't go with his dad. So I think that's why he does a lot of the things he does. You know, we do see him torturing people as well. Um one, I do think he likes it. Yeah, I do think yeah, he likes being yeah, up yeah, criminals. But I do think Cromwell's kind of his character is influence over him. I think that plays a part in yeah. it. He is being manipulated. Because there is a moment he? where he just walks away and says, That's not me anymore. Where he's where he just he couldn't beat up the the gangsters anymore. It was a bit yeah. like he Yeah. Do, do you know what I mean? I I this is why it's so we've used the word complex. These three characters fantastic and like we said before it can only come from a novel because it's so interwined you know and they cross over and they end up having to work yeah. together and they all it's all about honour honour is in there and they well, I, I, I think Bud White ultimately wants to be a good detective yes he does want to stop crime you know he, I think he did just get he does get manipulated and but for me and I'm, I'm marking on to Batman because we've mentioned Batman before it is almost like that Batman backstory of you know what happened to him when he was a kid yeah. leads to him wanting to fight crime and let's not shy away from the fact that Batman beats people up all the time <laughs> so you watch LA Confidential we, I'm, I was sitting there thinking but why to tell what kind of, you know, the way yeah, he's yeah. beating these people up you know when the there's, there's no mercy, is there? No, and, you know, no, he's. But, he loves, he loves a good body blow as well, didn't he? Was so does yeah. Batman. Yeah, you know, <laughs> you know, we don't sit there going, Batman's a terrible, terrible person, isn't he? You know, look at him. Why doesn't he just take these criminals in, <clears throat> just arrest them? So uh, it does help though as well that Russell Crowe is brilliant. Oh, he's. Uh, you know, let's just come back to the fact that let's ignore the character and just go, how good is he in this? Performance film? wise, I don't think you could separate the three of them I, I, I really don't how on earth do we begin to pick a favourite scene in this film come on Dave good luck with this so one it, yeah it's nigh and impossible because it's my favourite film yeah so I would say the start the beginning the middle and the end <laughs> is my favourite but there's, there's a scene there's a scene with Ed Exley where so this is Guy Pierce. He, he he goes to an apartment with another detective and then it turns into a bit of a shootout just because yeah. one of the and one of the guys accidentally knocks over a bottle and then, you know, the, that detective shoots back and they all start shooting each other. And next he ends up killing them all with the last guy he kills who's trying to escape in an elevator. Bear man, he's I think he's unarmed, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. He is, isn't he? Um, that's a great, that, that's like a, a great I, scene to watch, but I, more the scene though, sorry, just quickly, when he gets back to the station. Yeah. And all the other people are calling him a hero 
and he has just killed a load of unarmed men. And as you yeah. said, all I think about on air. Yeah, yeah. That that's the start of his changing. Yeah. And also, I always, I always think he didn't know who else was in that lift either. No, he just, yeah, just basically mean, he literally shoves a shotgun and, and just blows him. Mm. And it's and I think when he walks into the the, the police station, he that's what he's go. That's what he's feeling. Oh yeah, he's numb, isn't he? Yeah, it's probably um, a bit of PTSD, isn't he? As yeah, to what he's just I'll, done. But they treat him like a hero. Yeah. Um, that's not my favorite scene, though. I, I mean, sorry, that that is an amazing scene. But my favorite scene, it it comes back again. No, it is with uh, Guy Pierce. It's the interrogation room scene. So. Guy Pierce, who's edX, he's you know he's got suspects in different rooms, and he's using the microphones to let them yeah. hear each other what they're saying, and he's dropping those little bits. He that, sets it up really he sets good, it up does so it? Yeah. they're all kind of snitching on each other, and you know, and we also see as well with 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 that scene again how much Bud White wants to protect women, hates men that hurts women because he's yeah. watching yeah. and it's all working and you're thinking, Guy Pierce is going to, sorry, get an ex lead account, so he's going to find out the address where this woman is and Bud White's character cannot wait anymore. Yeah, yeah he's got to go in there. You know, he do... sort of snaps the back of a chair off, bursts in, you know, he puts a gun in the guy's mouth and he does get he the He empties the chamber so there's only one in it yeah, and he keeps fires really good, yeah. So I just think that scene shows how different they yeah. are. They're both doing the exact same job, both detectives, but Ed Exley will think about what he's doing. It's all strategic, isn't it? And Budweiss is just brute force, isn't but it? But I think the, the the big point in me in the film was when those two actually had the fight when he when he yeah. when he realised it was it was Dudley Smith had set them up and the realize it was the realisation bit and the only way they were gonna do it was when he worked together. So that comes into two scenes I've picked out is I love the shootout at the end and there's mm. one particular moment where um, Bud goes there's a hole in the floorboards and goes down and yeah. shoots the guy but it's the bit when he when to Guy Pearce um, Ed's in the, the bungalow hotel room on his own and he's about to be shot and the way Bud the way he pops back up through the hole of the shotgun and I just think it's a fantastic scene it it's is. really really good but Go on. I was only going to say, coming back to the the way those two work, they both end up do using the different methods yeah. because there is a scene where they go see a district attorney yeah. together, don't they? And Bud White starts again beating the shit out of him, and Ed actually he doesn't stop him. No, you know he knows that is that is going to be the only way to get out of him. So the way the two of them work together, it is. It's 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 fantastic. My favorite scene in it though. And even though I've seen a film, I think I watched it last night, and it's the third time I've watched it, the scene which Dudley Smith shoots Jackman Sense still always shocks me. Yeah. Like, I know, I'm, you know when you think, you, you've seen a film, but you forget moments, but it happens again, and you're shocked that mm. you forgot it happened. And it's, it's like... so casual, isn't it? But it's the moment, because I love that line, and it, it's that, that thing we've spoke about, the, 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 re, the change in journey of all the characters, because... Because basically Jack Vincent has gone back to Dudley Smith and he's sort of trying to make amends for what he's done. And Dudley Smith said that line to him like, don't start being good now, you've got no experience, Harry. And then shoots him. And then the the bit at the end where he whispers, what is it, Rolo Tomasi, that to me is the moment the film, that that is just genius. Because that scene where Guy Pearce, Ed Huxley character, sort of confided in Jack's character about yeah, that. It's only him that knows that yeah. name, isn't it? So it was one of them moments. That was a good scene. You, you think quite often films put them scenes in because it's, it's, it's good character scene and all that. But then when he brought it back and then Ed, because he knew, because Jack knew. Then knew that, yeah. like, um, this is a fictional. Dudley Smith then would it. have to ask him about this and only, only Ed would get the the reference to it. Oh, I thought that was absolutely genius. Yeah, I just think scene. it's just it's so well written. It, it, you can you know what I mean? Is it? It's it's brilliant. Okay, then. So their favorite scenes. What about music wise when it comes to LA Confidential? So the soundtrack is by uh, Jerry Cole Goldsmith. Um, he did sadly pass away uh, in two thousand four. He was seventy five at the time. He's got eighteen Academy Award nominations. That's um, just that's just greedy. Yeah, it's greedy. That's, that's just that, greedy. That's almost like John Williams level, isn't it? Yeah. Um, 
He's done any, loads of any TV winners don't? work. Uh, he's won one. Uh, he won for the Omen in 1976. Um, but he did work on uh, Planet of the Apes, the 1969, the original version. He's done five Star Trek movies. He did Alien. Um, and he did The Mummy as well. Um, he's one of them names when you there's there's a there's a, a bunch of film score composers and he's 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 up there, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. he's done another movie, and I'll mention that when we're talking about the recommendations. Okay. Um, the best track I think on the soundtrack is one called Bloody Christmas. Um, that'll definitely get your heart pumping. Okay. If you just play that. Out. I must admit, I, I did put the soundtrack on Spotify this afternoon when I was working. There was a couple of moments on there. Now, I, I seem to remember they, they didn't really stand out that much in the film, but when I was listening to a few bits, it, it actually it's really good. Oh, it's, it's excellent, yeah. Okay, then, so, the question, and again, it's a tough one this week, but then again, it's always a tough question. What would you do differently? If you had the chance to do whatever to 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 remake LA Confidential, do whatever you want. What what is it you'd do differently? So you're asking me for what my of my favorite film. What would it do That's probably perfect. <laughs> it's, I mean, I mean the studio did try and cut two of the three leads out, and just have a big star play Eva Bud or Exley. Doesn't surprise One or two, me. You know, that's a studio It's another thing. reoccurring <clears throat> theme on this podcast. It's studio executives buttoning. Yeah. So obviously we're glad they didn't do that because yeah. we love all the characters. But what I would say is, and you touched on upon it before, the so the book that the story is set on is between 1951 and 1958. So it's that whole period and the film obviously massively mm. reduces that, doesn't it? And um, they do change like, Kevin Spacey's character because in the book he's actually called Trash Can Jack because he killed a guy and dumped him in a, that's in great. a trash can. That's, a, that's proper um, 50s <clears throat> like crime thriller story, isn't it? But he also has this backstory where he accidentally kills two tourists as well. Oh. Which is obviously he's never touched upon in the film, yeah. but you'd only get that from the book. Um, I think the main change though, and I have read the book, um, but years ago. And I do remember it was it was brilliant, and I probably need to read it again. But the thing I do remember from the book, which stood out that wasn't in the film, is the the victim who they save, the one that kid gets kidnapped and raped. Oh, in the book, she's the center of the love triangle. It's between her and Bud White and Ed Exley. It's not the Kim Basinger oh, okay. character. She's kind of being added in the movie because they wanted a different sort of story. So I don't know if. Maybe that's a more interesting story because mm. you know she gets rescued, but Ed actually sort of rescues her on the day, but Bud White's involved in it. Um, but I don't know if that's maybe a more interesting story that that victim of the crime that they solved is the one that's at the centre of the love story. And I, I, I think can see why Bud White would want to be with her, yeah. But if you could almost see why the writers and studios would say, Oh, is it a bit. But don't forget Kim Basinger's character's a prostitute. Yeah, so, yeah. And, but... and don't forget she's she she manipulates them both. Oh she's yeah I, I think she's sort of under duress to do it as well, but Yeah. Um but her character's not perfect. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, to, yeah. to go, well we won't have that, uh, that yeah. character, but what we'll do is we'll 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 make the the, the love triangle a prostitute who's being manipulated. That's not like a that's not the studio shine away. No, and yeah, going yeah, yeah, yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? So you could have done it. I think you could There's have. There's a way, yeah. It's interesting. It would have been a completely different thing. Yeah. I, I don't know how they could make this film better. I've, I've never read the book. I've, I've never read the book. Um, I've read quite a few James Elroy. James Elroy. Yeah. I've read a few of his books. They are so rich in the history and they're embedded in the LA and I think the one thing I would possibly ask for is especially in noir films the the city itself is definitely a character they could have maybe just opened that up and like just felt like a few a bit more of, shots of yeah the... do you know what I mean like I wanted to see more the really like the lovely the Gorgeous little speakeasy bars. You know, there's a couple of scenes where where, where Guy Pearce mistook the actual 
film yeah. actress for for the, for one of the. I think she's one of the yeah, prostitutes. Um, but all them type of venues, and a lot of them are still knocking around and stuff. Are still there, like the steakhouses and stuff. You you think of some of it again when we come to recommendations and then I'll mention it. They're, they're, these these venues have got history and they're there. And like, they maybe could have just out give us a little bit more of that. But I'm nitpicking. If, if I'm honest. I mean, if you really want to nitpick, it's probably you just want more. Yeah. You know, I'd love to that that film to have been set over like almost a decade. Yeah. Like the book rather like, than the like, the short span it is. Like you could got, you could have had more stories, more characters. It, I feel like if it was made today, it would be a series. That was the original plan. So it was nearly a mini series on HBO, um, and then they made it a. a a, a movie but in 2000 they did make a TV pilot that was based on the Jack Vincennes character and uh, Keith Sutherland played Jack they had different actors Fred Axley and Bud White okay. but Keith Sutherland was probably the most famous one one in it and you can see it it's on the DVD and Blu-ray extras oh that's interesting yeah it didn't, obviously didn't get picked up but um, yeah if, if the one thing that could change is maybe there's elements of the book you could I, have put in but... I would love it to be made in a, I think you could make it's it's you could make a Broadwalk Empire type oh, scenario. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Really, really opens up every character because you've got you've got so many characters in it. But it as a film, there's not a missing beat in yeah. that film, and they cram so much into it. Um, and it's the performance is spectacular. Ah, oh, yeah, it's a great film. It's a great film, and it's one of them I think that doesn't need to be remade. No, I as don't. much as I love yeah. that series yeah. that you're that, that, about. That's us talking, you know. Yeah. But well, yeah. if they if they could have took those actors and those characters and made a series, then great. The fact that they didn't do it and they made a perfect movie. Yeah, it absolutely is. fine with that. You don't need to go back and make a mini series out of that book. You know, the film's enough. I think more so, than enough. What about the impact that LA Confidential has had? So Brian Helgeland and Chris uh, Curtis Hansen, sorry, won best screenplay. Yeah. Um, for the, the the award they won is best screenplay based on a previous published material because we know obviously it was James Elroy book, and then Kim Basinger won for the best supporting actress as well. Well deserved, I think. Well, what I know because they were nominated for just about every other award, and what film did they lose out to in every one of them? Well, let's get to the films before then because okay. It was nominated for Best Movie, but in that year it was As Good As It Gets, The Full Monty, Goodwill Hunting, and then the one that won them all, yeah. Titanic won 11 of its 14 nominations. Hey, don't get me wrong, Titanic's not a bad film, but... Titanic won 111 awards that year. No. So how would you compete with that? No. I think in any other year... Yeah. LA Confidential wins yeah, yeah. 111 awards, including the best it's, film. It's, but Goodwill Hunting as well is like that's, Goodwill Hunting, that, yeah. That's as near, Monty, as good as it gets. They're all as near damn perfect year. films. Yeah. It's a really tough year. So, um, yeah, I just think any other year it probably wins best movie. Titanic just blew everyone away, didn't it? It was, yeah. you know, it was a three hour kind of epic James Cameron, the, 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 the biggest film of all time. Um, up until obviously Avatar with James Cameron as well, but so it was tough. I think I think it would have. When you say what impression did it make? It definitely made an impression. though. it, yeah. it made over hundred million. You know, Kim Basinger and um, and the writers winning Oscars, loads of nominations. But I just think Titanic maybe took it out of people's yeah purview it was because a, once a film wins Best Oscar, everyone checks it yeah, out, don't yeah, you? Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. films like like sort of recently Coda and. Um, uh, the South Korean one I've forgotten what it's called now, Parasite I didn't see and then when they won the Oscar I was like right I'm definitely going to have to watch them yeah. and I think if it had won to be honest with you I think by the time the Oscar came everyone 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 had been see Titanic anyway it was just one of them yeah, films where more than it once. was very similar to, I remember Independence Day around that time which is not a great film but oh my god everyone went everyone yeah. I know went to see that film to the point where I remember someone was working in the factory and you made popcorn, and you had to make popcorn twenty four hours a day for weeks on end just to fulfil a demand for Independence <laughs> Day, which just so, is like bonkers. What you've got to think as well is, I imagine 
the advertising for Titanic compared to the advertising yeah. for LA Confidential. You know, the budgets would have been yeah, massively no. different, you know. Uh, you know, I, I was told even this week that, like, the average film budget now, you need 20 million for advertising. Oh. 20 million for advertising. You can make a great film for 20 million. You if, can make four great If they gave us 20 million, <laughs> we would make a terrible film but have a really good holiday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it'd be, it'd be filmed in exotic locations, <laughs> the best locations. So I just think it was really, you know, no one knew the impression Titanic. And I imagine a lot of people at the time were maybe sniggering about the film about the Titanic. And, yeah, like, you know, it is, it's a good film, but if it's you not ask. my top five. No, <laughs> if you ask me now out of that, of those, those films, oh, sorry, just hit me, of them films you listed good film and this mm. I would go I've go, gone back and watch I don't think I've ever gone back and watched Titanic I remember and, and seeing... again we're talking about the movie itself but if you think about the actors they were competing with Jack Nicholson as good as it gets competing with Robin Williams in um, Goodwill so, Hunting you know so I think even the actors had no chance I don't think they had any chance well, that year so this is interesting because the other the impact that this film has had on the actors because Curtis Hansen took a hell of a risk casting Guy Pearce and Russell Crowe because to the point yeah, where yeah. I was reading that James Elroy was doing a QA and a in, in Australia um, and Guy Pearce went because obviously he'd already been cast in it but they had right. the and James Elroy was going oh someone said oh, what, what's coming up and he said oh we're making a, a feature film of LA Confidential and, and while I'm in Australia we've we cast two Australians and everyone laughed in the audience thinking it was a joke and Guy Pearce was there and he said he was like he oh, was a bit right. crestfallen over it I suppose you will be um, but what a hell of a gamble yeah especially when I come back to what we were saying before the studio wanted to combine those yeah. roles into one and cast a star so for him to stick to his guns and go and I'm having these two people because he wasn't a Big time director, and you'd seen the right. films. I think he'd, he'd had uh, the hand that rocks the cradle just before, yeah, which was okay. Um, it was and, a hit, wasn't it? Yeah, you no, know. he did it. And something by the river or something was another one he did, which was you know, he was he's at that point where they were really good, solid films that were, were okay, but he wasn't like he wasn't James Cameron, no, no. So James Cameron can go and cast whoever he wants, mm. but what you've got to think is. They probably put the budget. He's probably appeased the studio by getting Kevin Spacey. Yeah, he probably would have got paid because he just he'd been he was Oscar nominated. Yeah, but still, even Kevin Spacey, he was only his trajectory was just on the mm. up. He was yeah, he was the most well known, but he wasn't a big movie star. No, he went to become a hell of a movie the star. Problem, the problem with casting that movie with star. Let's say you were making it today, cast that movie. You're talking each actor was getting 10, 20 million, aren't yeah. in, in today's money to get a big name actor. So he's probably thought budget wise, these are two guys up and coming, got to be big stars, probably on whatever the bare minimum sort of is. The, the rest of the money's gone on the screen, is it, hasn't it? Is it like the money ball of, of footballs, if you yeah, know what I mean? It's like, yeah. but, but there's something about bringing an, an actor who's hungry. Who's got something to prove? You know, it's. It, it, mm. I don't forget they would have auditioned. I imagine. Yeah. Hundreds and hundreds of but actors. They all, but to, to pick them two. Would but work up so until well. that point, obviously, Guy Pearce. I actually, I, I think I don't know if I'd already seen Priscilla Queen. Priscilla Queen, is it? I'd seen it, and he is a very good performer. And so you think, That's okay, fun. so we went from Neighbours to this. That's it. But when I saw this, I was like, shit, he's an actor. He's an like yeah, yeah, he's gonna he's an act, he's and gonna go on. There was no stopping him after that, you know what I mean? The, st- yeah. the stuff he's done, and and he's been consistently good since as well. Um, yeah, I think I I I think it's a really brave move to cast them too. Um, and and I suppose really watching Bud White, do you think Ridley Scott was watching that film, and that's what got him the Gladiator role? I'd like to think so because. It's only a few years after that. Because it must have been, it must have had. Because don't forget, 
he would have been cast, although, was, although Gladiator came out a few years ago, that's already going in production and pre-production casting. So mm. literally, the chances are he probably cast straight on the back of this. So Possibly, yeah. It, he's, it must have been there. Um, but I do. I was reading that Russell Crowe originally turned the role down because he didn't feel, he didn't feel like he had the... the the brute strength to pull the character off initially. And do you know what he did? This is absolutely bonkers. Because in the book, apparently, Buddha is meant to be a Hulk of a man yeah, as well, yeah. which is a bit different. So um, he's not the... <laughs> Russell Crowe hired to live, where he lived during a film into a tiny little apartment where he had to duck to come in and out of those. So he felt like he was massive staying as a film. And he said to give him the mindset of... That he's bigger than he is. Yeah. And I was like... That's bonkers. That's so <laughs> Russell Crowe. <laughs> it's lucky. Well, it's lucky he didn't cast someone who was taller than him then, because it might have worked. Might it next to kind of a, a taller actor? Okay then. So we know it's an amazing film. We know there's amazing actors in it. Where can the listener go and watch this film? So if you've got a Disney Plus subscription, you can go and watch it at your leisure on there. I think it's the only thing I could see it was available on yeah. apart from obviously if you can track down or pay or Yeah. You know. But if you want if you got if you got Disney Plus it's on it's, there now. I actually remember when I first literally the day Disney Plus came out, so I'd I'd already subscribed to it so it was ready. And I remember flicking through the because it's the, the the film section and I remember seeing it was like, oh that's interesting that and Crimson Tide. Yeah. Which is we, which we all know, we all know about. Um, so, if you like LA Confidential, what else are you gonna like? So we don't normally recommend books, but I am, I am gonna say oh. James Elroy wrote four books uh, based around LA: uh, The Black Dahlia, which was made into a film. Yeah. Um, came out in two thousand six with Josh Hahn and Scarlett Johansson. It wasn't. It, it was okay. It was but okay. I've oh. read the book is is amazing. Yeah, the book it's, is amazing. The, the film was okay. Um but he did the big nowhere and he did white jazz and that was almost a movie with uh, George Clooney and Chris Pine. <sighs> apparently. Um so it still hasn't been made into a movie yet, but you know, if you if you love the film, I definitely recommend go read the book. It's it's yeah. so um, much more denser and um you can see how I think as well. You appreciate how genius the film is. Yeah. Because pulling from that source material and still making a great film that links everything together. He's a great writer. Um, brilliant. Um, Chinatown. I've got that. That's yeah. <laughs> you you literally. It's Chinatown. It's an amazing film. You, it, and you, I'm pretty sure Jerry Goldsmith did the music. Could could well. I'm sure have. he did. Yes. Yeah. Um, so that's if you've never heard of it, you know it's Jack Nicholson film from nineteen seventy four. Again, very much like this, isn't it? That kind of like yeah, film noir type. So. Um, I've picked a few out, and I know you've got some. I'm gonna say Heat. I've got, I've got that. On Have the you list got Heat as well? Yeah. Heat, yeah, Al Pacino, Robert De Niro, that that kind of crime yeah. story. Um, and the thing I chose Heat is because you mentioned it before because it's. The backdrop of LA is so integral to both Heat and yeah. to both LA Confidential. And I know we both went to see Heat together. Did we go and see LA Confidential? Yeah, yeah we did. Yeah, we did. Yeah, we definitely did. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I think the thing with Heat as well, it, again, it's it's got that main core, yeah, cast, doesn't it? Which, yeah. which, which this has. Um, if you just that just jump out, Blade Runner, Seven, uh, the Watchmen movie, I think, Sin City. Just kind of like that, you know, got that sort of similar feel. I think you've got to watch Memento. I'm gonna say it again. Yeah, you know, we're talking about Guy well, Pierce film, but I've got usual suspect on my list to, to yeah. watch. It's like I think Call I think back. you can't watch. There's this. There's a group of films in that era that if you watch one, you've got to watch all of them. And Usual Suspects is in there. Sevens in there. Yeah. Heat in there. La Confidentials in there. They are. And you don't feel that dated either, which is you know. No, the the definitely not, um, and I think that's because the stories and the acting are just so good that yeah, it doesn't really matter, does it? You know how old some of those films are. Um, Copland, I've seen Copland with Sylvester Stallone, 
Ray Liotta. Yes. That's, that's a really good film. And I think if you like LA Confidential, you'll like that. And I also, I've got two more, but I recently watched uh, The Little Things with Denzel Washington, Javid Leto. Oh, no, um, I haven't seen that one. And I've totally forgotten his name. Now, the guy that played Freddie Mercury. Um, oh. And won the Oscar. And he's in Pacific as well. Yeah. Rami Melech. Rami Melech. Um, and that is set in LA. That's like a, a crime Ooh. story as well. That's definitely worth a watch. Um, but the one I'm going to overall recommend, even though it's slightly off kilt a little bit, but Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Yes, I can definitely see that. I <laughs> yeah. Can, yeah. Uh, 2005 film, Bobby Downey Jr., Val Kilmer. Uh, another Shane Black uh, director film we mentioned him earlier on. But uh, again... I love Kiss Kiss Bang Bang and I think that's kind of like, again, that kind of, those complex kind of characters, main, really good cast. Um, Yeah, that's mine. Have you got any more recommendations? Few I mentioned, the one I've got here is, and again, I am a massive fan of the writer Michael Connolly, who's a massive influence, who's been massively influenced by James Elroy. So he, Michael Connolly's wrote all the Bosch novels, and all the Lincoln Lawyer novels. So I've got here Lincoln Lawyer because... Because um, the inspiration the, from the, it, the, 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 the themes are there, the, the, the feel of LA is there, um, and I've, the film with Matthew McConaughey is fantastic mm-hmm. as well. There's a, there's a series on Netflix which I watch, which is okay, but, the, but Matthew McConaughey is the Lincoln Lawyer, is just, well, all right. <laughs> So, on that note, that has been LA Confidential and watch it if you can.